Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. If you need a Bible this morning, just wave at one of our ushers as they walk down, and they'll be happy to pass one to you. And uh, I can't tell you where to turn because I'm not speaking this morning. James is going to be speaking, and, um, and I'm looking forward to that. He doesn't really need an introduction, so I'm not going to introduce him, but I am going to do something before he comes. Uh, Heather's father passed away uh, on Thursday or Friday? Thursday. And so Heather is there in Michigan uh, with her family. James will be joining them soon. And um, I understand this as, as a pastor because James will be doing the eulogy there. And when you've got multiple things that you have to do in short order, you have lots that is going on in your head. And I want to pray for James this morning and pray for their family. Um, Just as he comes and shares God's word with us, um, the Lord Jesus is the one who sorts all of that out. And uh, so let's ask him to do that this morning. Lord, we pray for our brother James. We thank you for the fact that you are with us no matter what, no matter what we go through. And and Lord, I, I pray for Heather right now. I pray for her family. I pray for your peace and your comfort. Lord, I pray that they would sense your presence. Um, Lord, I, none, of us, none of us like death. Death is not a pleasant thing. It's, it's even when we know you, Lord, there's a separation that's involved and it hurts. And yet, Lord, we know that it's not permanent. We know that we will see you again, and we will see those that we love who are in you again. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, and I pray that your comfort would be evident in Heather's family today. And I pray for James, that you would speak so clearly Lord, it isn't his word, it's your word, and we're trusting for your word to flow through him today, and we thank you. Our hearts are ready to receive what you want to speak to us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's welcome our brother as he comes, all right? Good morning to all of you. It's good to see you this morning. I appreciate your prayers uh, for my wife and for our family. Um, Thank you, Pastor, again for this opportunity. I'm so grateful uh, to be able to come and share with you. This has been a challenging week. Um, Thursday, we got a phone call that my wife's father had passed away, and so... We got her up there yesterday, and I'll join her in a day or so. Um, My mother has been in and out of the hospital a couple times this week, and that last phone call, I think she's still in, having trouble uh, falling and passing out and things like that. And so I just ask for you to keep her in your prayers as well. Uh, I've been fighting a cold all week long. And so my voice has been coming and going, so I'm hoping you're not going to have to read my lips by the end of this message. Um, So it's just been a lot of things going on this week. On top of all that, my basketball team won't keep their hands up on defense. And so, you know, it's, it's just been a rough week. And so, but you know what? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so I'm grateful to be here this morning. If you would, turn with me to John chapter 13. John, the 13th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. I'll give you a moment to find that. 
John chapter 13, verse 13. Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also, or ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, and again, we are so grateful for your love and your mercy and your provision. We're thankful for the opportunity to break bread today. So Lord, I just pray that you would increase as I decrease. That you would just speak a word to every heart that's here. That you would have your way in this place. And that Father, more than anything else, your will would be done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Do as I have done. As I was continuing to piggyback onto the pastor's series um, that deals with the apps for the modern word, world, those scriptures that uh, have helped you on your journey, that have walked you through, um, this, this is one, and this passage has been one that was a very pivotal point in my journey with God. And just the idea of following the example of Christ, doing as he has done. <sighs> Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's really what our journey is about, is following the example of Christ. And so uh, I wanted to share that this morning. And in order to tell you that story, I need to tell you a couple of other stories uh, along the way. Um, when we get into part of it, we'll, we'll talk about a, a couple of other things, and there's some other scriptures that the Lord was still pouring in last night that won't be up here, but I'll reference them for you to find. I don't know how, how quick they are on the draw back there. If they want to try to get them up, that's up to them. But, uh, <clears throat> but, but I want to talk about understanding my purpose. Is there anyone in here besides me that has spent any point or any time in your life struggling to understand what your purpose is? Anybody? So you understand. Okay? I, I, I want to show you a video clip that uh, I came across, and after you see it, I'll explain where I came across it. It's a very interesting story how God works. Um, but this, this, this clip from YouTube is a gentleman who uh, is a Christian comedian, and he really summarizes it and illustrates it very well, the point that I want to be able to share with you. So I'm going to ask them if they would go ahead and show that, and uh, we'll go from there. A lot of times when people hear the phrase, how do I know, the next thing they say is what? How do I know what? But the key really isn't to know what, the key is to know why. Because when you know your why, you have options on what your what can be. For instance, my why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. My what is stand-up comedy. My what is writing books. My what can be going out with some friends to eat. In fact, another what that has moved me towards my why is a, a web series that we have out now called Break Time. So every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, you should subscribe to the, to the channel. Uh, we do a series called Break Time on YouTube. 
So three o'clock, we drop a new episode. One episode in particular, I'm about to show you a clip to, we were in, uh, we were in Winston-Salem. So break time, this is how it works. I travel the country, I do stand-up comedy, probably an hour, hour and a half at an event. And in the middle of my show, I'll just sit down and start talking to the audience. And funny just happens. Or I'll meet somebody who's really interesting. So I met this one guy, and he said that he teaches music at a school. I was like, all right, you teach music, you know, um, can you sing? And then uh, I'm just going to show you the clip. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so um, let, me get a couple, let me get a couple bars of, like, uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That bro could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved Here's the thing. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time I asked him to sing, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what has more impact because you're walking in or towards your purpose. Wow. Believe it or not, that was shown at the public elementary school that I teach at as part of our pre-planning this year. I throw that in just so you can see how God's working. That's pretty amazing that that would be the clip our principal would pick to show. I know in his thinking it was about what's going to be our purpose for the school and the kids and whatever, but he just invited the Lord to just come walking right in there. And I thought that was pretty awesome. If you know your why, if you know your purpose, then what you do, how you live out your life, the things that are a part of your life that bring that forward, you've, you've get, they have more impact. You've got more room for those things to exist. You, you have space for those things to, to be able to be full in your life if you understand that. 
So when I was asking earlier how many of you have been wondering or struggling or uh, going through some part of your life trying to figure out your purpose, I'm asking, are you struggling, are you, are you seeking, are you looking to figure out what your why is? Because if you figure that out, then what? You know, that can be a multitude of things. Do you know your why? The purpose. Purpose is the reason that something is done, the reason something is created, the reason that something exists. Do you know your why? Do you know your purpose? It is wonderful when we are able to walk in purpose. Our, our opening scripture talked about doing as Jesus has demonstrated and he has done. Do you think Jesus struggled to figure out his purpose? Let me show you something. A couple of scriptures. Matthew 4.23. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Luke 4, 18 and 19 says, The Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke 19, 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose the Son of Man was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrew 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, that's a small snapshot of what all of Scripture says, is that Jesus understood his purpose. Jesus absolutely knew why he was here and what God had designed for him to do. Listen, folks, Scripture says that Jesus did only those things that the Father told him to do. Okay? He said only those things that the Father said for him to do. John 12, 49 and 50. This is Jesus talking. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment which what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. John 5, 19. These are some of those extra scriptures that the Lord was depositing. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. John 5, 26, since we're there. For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And where do we then get our life from? From Christ Jesus. Understand that that. Jesus drew his purpose from the Father. He didn't go make up one. 
He was very clear that he was to do what the Father showed him and what the Father um, had said for him to say. And so as we are in Christ, we now should follow that same example as to do what Jesus has shown us and what Jesus has said. Colossians 1.16 says that all things were created by him and for him. Listen, folks, whatever purpose you have, whenever you finally rest in that spot, you need to know that that purpose comes from the one who created you. Because you were made by him, for him. Let me help you with this when it comes to seeking out purpose. I'm going to try to say this as nice as I can. It's not about you. Okay? It's simply not about you. You need to move past trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, what I'm supposed to... If you want purpose, the purpose has to come from the one that is your source, that gave you life, that brought you into this world. He already has your purpose figured out. I, I've come to realize that there's two ways to pursue finding purpose. You either guess or you ask. I think the times we're struggling, we're guessing. I think the times we're struggling, we're trying to figure it out ourselves. We're trying to put the pieces together. We're trying to look at this and compile it with that and move it with the... How about we just ask? How about we just go to the one who already knows and has our purpose and just ask him? Lord, what is my purpose? Why am I, back to that definition, why am I created? Why do I exist? What is it that you want me to do? So as I was thinking about that, and Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. The Lord took me to this passage in Luke chapter 7, if you want to turn there. Now, if you want to sit around a table and debate with uh, biblical scholars, <clears throat> you're going to see two episodes recorded in scriptures of uh, someone washing Jesus' feet. There are those that look at the evidence of what's being said in the scriptures and names that are being mentioned in both passages and would say this is all one story uh, just retold in different ways. You have uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what we call the synoptic gospels. That simply means that they viewed most things from the same perspective and kind of recalled and told the story the same way. They're going to tell the story, and theirs is going to sound very, very similar. And then along comes John, and he has this different kind of, you know, look at the whole thing. So there are those that think these are two separate stories. Could very well be. There are those that think these are one, and John just gives us some additional things. I was thinking about that before I go on to that story, in that all of the Gospels record the Last Supper. Matthew, Mark, and Luke mention that they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. John is the only one that talks about Jesus setting aside his garments and then washing the feet of his disciples. Were they not all, you know, <laughs> in the same room watching the same thing? 
It's just amazing how God works and reveals things to us through Scripture. We'll get to that story. That's the story I want to tell, but we'll get to that one a little bit later because I have to tell these other stories first. Whether it's one story or two story, I'll let you wrestle with that. Luke 7 says this, beginning at verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. I am always moved by this display because I, I've, have any of you wept hard enough to wash someone's feet with your tears? Well, I've been close to there. I remember when the night before my father passed, um, he had had cancer and surgery, and he never recovered from the surgery, and he was in the ICU, and I went up to visit him, and he loved baseball, and so the... I had the baseball game on and just kind of sat with him for a while and I walked out in the hallway and I just collapsed on the floor and probably got as close to weeping like this as I ever have in my lifetime. So that just, I don't know about you, but that just blows me away that someone could cry that hard. And if, if you watch what happens here at, that I'm going to share next, she's not crying because she's sad. She's not crying because she's upset. These are tears of love and tears of joy because she knew, how did we identify her in here? As a sinner. She knew that her sins had been forgiven and because she had been forgiven much, Scripture says, verse, verse 47, that she loved much. These are love tears. But they have a purpose to them. Now, I, I need you to know that when she came in there, there was some, some murmuring and some grumbling and some, you know, um, trying to figure out what she was doing and why she was doing it. And they even questioned the, the prophetic ability of Jesus and that if he knew who this was, then he wouldn't be letting this woman touch him because of her reputation and because of all. Folks, don't you hate it when folks step on your purpose? Doesn't it just bother you when you're simply trying to walk with the Lord and live according to his will and give him glory and there's folks around you that don't like it and complain about it and murmur about it and grumble about it? Folks, I need to encourage somebody this morning that God has set you aside for purpose. I don't want you to feel that you're useless. I don't want you to feel as though you're nothing. I don't want you to feel as though you're insignificant. God has set you aside for purpose. And you need to be okay walking in that purpose regardless of what anyone else thinks about your purpose. Look at what Jesus shares here. He says in, in verse 44, he, he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, 
seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. One of the customs of that day was when your guests would come, you would have one of your servants to come and wash the dust off their feet. They'd been walking these Damascus and Galilean roads and picking up all kinds of dust and stepping in whatever they might have stepped in along the way. And, and as a courtesy, as a gesture of, of invitation, as, a, as an act of you're welcome to be here in my home, they would have a servant come in with a basin and a, and a pitcher and they would wash the feet of those guests when they came. And while they're mumbling and grumbling about this woman, this sinner, and what's she even doing here, and why is she touching him, and, and why isn't he stopping her from touching him, Jesus said, you know what? You didn't even offer to wash my feet when I came in. But this woman has cried enough tears to wash my feet. She didn't ask for a towel to dry them. She dried them with the hair on her head. Folks, that's pretty humbling. Most of us don't want to touch anyone else's feet, let alone take our hair and let it down and use that to dry. Thou gave me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. I've heard it said in our culture that if we tell someone to kiss our feet, we mean it more as an insult. We mean it more as a put down. We mean it more as a, you know, me keeping you in your place. Jesus saw something wonderful here. That this woman loved and poured out that love by kissing his feet continually. My head with oil that I did not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Watch this. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she has loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he says to the woman, watch this, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Her act of washing his feet and anointing him was an act of love, it was an act of appreciation, it was a, an act of gratitude, but it was also an act of faith in who she was pouring this out on. Wow. Kind of challenges your faith a little bit. She believed and trusted in him enough that she needed to show him that I know you're the one that's forgiven me. And I will humble myself to the nth degree to show you how much I appreciate what you've done. Here's how the other similar stories go. John 12, verse 3, says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Very some similar things there, okay, that makes us connect those stories. Then saith one of his disciples, Judith uh, Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the, for the poor, but because he was a thief <laughs> and had the bag. 
and bear what was put therein. Then, then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. Purpose. Why was she doing this? Because of the, the abrupt nature of Jesus' death and burial before his resurrection, the tradition of being able to anoint his body was not going to be fulfilled. There wasn't going to be time. And she did it here. She did it here. Purpose. Listen, when you've got purpose like this, do you think you care about what other people think about the purpose? How come we didn't sell that money and give it to the poor? That would make some of us feel pretty bad. Why is this being wasted? That would make some of us, make our hearts hurt a little bit. That what we didn't see as waste, what we saw as an act of love, others saw it as something wasteful. Anybody ever been hurt that way before? You did something loving and caring towards somebody and they didn't appreciate what you did. They thought it was a waste of time, energy. Some have even gone as far as to say that. <laughs> Why'd you waste money on this? Why'd you do that? Whew. Mark 14. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, okay, now we got Simon kind of connected to Mark's version. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious, she broke the box and poured on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. She had purpose. Jesus recognized the purpose. While others saw it as waste, Jesus saw it as purpose. They were indignant. You know the thing that has always made me kind of chuckle about this is their indignation was with someone doing something with their own stuff. You ever think about that? That wasn't their ointment. She didn't offer it to them. That was hers. And here's the other part of that. They have no idea what it cost her. Being able to have that ointment and have it in that alabaster flask. If this is the same woman we were talking about earlier who was known as a sinner, who had this reputation, who, who the, the, the folks were saying, you shouldn't even be letting her touch you because of her reputation. You don't know what she had to endure that gave her this little prized possession. You have no idea the depths of things that she might have had to do to degrade herself, to have something that she thought was valuable, to have something that she thought was precious, to have something that she thought was special. And then when she came to know Jesus, none of that mattered. I love, the, I love Mark's recall of it because she broke the box and poured it on Jesus. You know what that means? She had no intention of taking any of it back home with her. She was going to pour it all out on him, 
and she didn't care. She wanted it to just run all over him, all over his head, all over the floor. It, it wasn't like, see, oftentimes when we give, we, we give just a little bit. She said, I have no reason. I have no greater value now. This means nothing to me. I have no reason to hold back any of this. Jesus can have all of it. Lord, speaking to somebody this morning. He wants to move you beyond just the, the little sample. We come here on Sunday and we give him just a little sample of praise. He's like, break the box. Don't keep it anymore. There is nothing in the box or the box itself has no greater value than I do to you. She recognized that. She poured it out. Matthew 26. For you have the poor with you always, but me ye have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Watch this, I love this. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. It's one of the reasons I get excited about preaching this passage, because... Jesus is talking about me right now. And he says, James, whenever you tell that story, you're telling it as a memorial of this woman of an act of purpose, an act of faith, one that he thought was significant enough that he actually said, whenever this gospel is preached, I want people to know about this woman. I want them to know her heart. I want them to understand her tears. I want them to see the shattered box and the, and the ointment pouring out. I want them to know that she loved much because she was forgiven much. So John 13 tells this story. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, for thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Got a little overexcited there, didn't he? Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean ever with. And ye are clean, but not all. I, I, let me pause right there. Do you know why Jesus said that part right there? Guess whose feet he washed. If you read through Luke, 
you will see that Judas departed after the washing of the feet. So you know what that means? Jesus, knowing who was going to betray him, still as one more act of love, one more act of forgiveness, one more act of demonstrating being a servant, washed his feet also. And the scripture later says that Satan came in and Judas, Jesus looked at him and said, what you're going to do, go and be quick about it. He knew. He knew. But he loved him all the way to the point of even washing his feet before he went and betrayed him. He washed Peter's feet and Peter denied him. Hmm. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, has washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. I got to tell you, I, I wrestled with this for a long time growing up. Does Jesus really want us going around washing each other's feet? Isn't that just a, a Jewish tradition? Isn't there something symbolic going on there? And one day Jesus said to me, tell me why you're struggling with this. And I had to admit it was my pride. I didn't see anything wrong with it in current time. I didn't see anything wrong with it according to scripture. Matter of fact, a friend of mine, Jim Johnson, uh, has been teaching a series here, and he said that when he's doing the series on Revelation, he said, if Jesus is clearly doing something that is simply symbolic, if there's something in scripture that is symbolic, the scripture will clearly tell you that it's something symbolic, that this represents this or that this represents this and and as he was saying that and i was in agreement with that i went back and reread this and look at what he says he goes if i washed your feet you ought to wash one another's feet and then he goes on to say and i did this as an example to you that you should do as i have done so maybe in my search for purpose Maybe my purpose that I find in Christ is to simply be as Christ was. To love as Christ loved. John 13, uh, 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give unto you. Let me pause right there. Most of us have trouble with commands. The word commandment bothers most of us because we think rules, we think laws, we think prohibiting, we think it's telling me what to do, it's telling me somebody else is in control, it's telling me that I don't get to have a say in this anymore. Here's what the Spirit was sharing with me this morning as I was preparing and opening my heart to this. How about in your mind you replace commandment with purpose? Watch this. A new purpose I give to you, that you love one another. I thought we were looking for purpose earlier, weren't we? Weren't we seeking purpose? Weren't we trying to figure out purpose? 
Here comes Jesus and says, okay, I'll give you purpose. Love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. That's purpose. Matthew 22 37 through 39, and Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Purpose. This is the first and great purpose. Commandment. And the second is like unto it. Listen, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. While I'm on this great search, climbing mountaintops, trying to find my purpose, Maybe Jesus simply put it right there in Scripture by telling me to love all of you. Maybe he put it there for you, for you to turn and love your neighbor, to love the person next to you. Maybe he already summarized it. I'm still trying to, you know, dig for buried treasure that has the map to my purpose, and maybe he's saying to me, you know what, here's my purpose for you. Love one another. Demonstrate that love. How do I demonstrate it, Jesus? Demonstrate it the way I did. Care about those that are in need. Treat well those that are disadvantaged and without. Wash the feet of others and let them know that you love them and that you care about them. Let me close with this. I can't walk in purpose if I'm not willing to walk with God. Since he created me for his pleasure, for his purposes, I have no purpose apart from him. And I can't live out my purpose. I can't even love people the right way if I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If I have not received his gift of love and his purpose towards me. But once I've done that, once I know my why, then my what will have more impact. Here's how I'm going to close out today. The Lord prompted my heart about this and prompted it very strongly and prompted it strongly enough that when everything else happened this week, he said, I'll cover all that. I'll take care of that. I'll push the funeral far enough back that you can get there. There's something I need you to do. I need you to walk in the purpose that I've given you. I'm going to ask Pastor and Lori if they would come. I'm going to ask them if they would sit here. The Lord has purposed my heart that I want to wash Pastor's feet this morning. My wife Heather was going to be here to help me and wash Miss Lori's feet, and you know where she's at right now. And so the Lord prompted my heart, and Miss Nina's going to come and be my friend and by my side to you go ahead and remove your shoes and socks. So she's going to help me out by washing Miss Lori's feet for me. My daughter Autumn is going to come. There's a beautiful song that she's going to sing called Alabaster Box. And she's going to sing that while we are doing this. I'll ask you to mute me once she gets started because I need to talk to Pastor privately and I want you to Listen to the words of the song and meditate on what God is speaking to you while I'm talking to him.
This is one of those things you don't see very often. But oh my goodness, it's so special. It humbles me whenever I get the opportunity. And I want you to understand something about it very quickly. It's not about me saying that, oh, faster is greater and he's more superior than me and I'm getting under, because Jesus washed his disciples' feet. So it isn't about position. It isn't about any of that. It's about love. It's about me being able to remind pastor that on his journey, his feet are going to get dusty sometimes. That he's going to stub his toe every now and then. And that if Jesus were here, and I get to be his body right now, this is what he would do. He'd wrench the dust off your feet and say, keep going. He'd take glory in his arms and he'd say, don't worry about it. I got this. I got you. I'm never going to let you go. I'm never going to leave you in the midst of all of this. It's wonderful to have the opportunity to do this. Folks, you know what? You want to spice up your Thanksgiving tradition this week? <laughs> you will either have one of the greatest revivals on Thanksgiving or people will bolt out of your house headed to Cracker Barrel as fast as they can get there. Go ahead. with my hair 
Cause you weren't there The night he found me And you did not feel what I felt When he wrapped his loving arms around me And you don't know the cost Of the oil in my alabaster I can't forget the way life used to be I was a prisoner to the sin that had me bound And I spent my days, poured my life without measure Into a little treasure box I thought I found until the day when Jesus came to me and healed my soul with the wonder of his touch. So now I'm giving back to him all the praise he's worthy of. I've been forgiven and that's why I love him so much. And I've come to pour my praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box. Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and dry them with my hair, my hair. Cause you weren't there The night Jesus found me And you did not feel what I felt When he wrapped his loving arms around me And you don't know the cost of the oil Oh, you don't know the cost of my praise you don't know the cost of the oil in my Father, you alone know the cost of the oil in each of our alabaster boxes. But I pray that you would touch hearts to realize that they don't need to hold on to that to feel important, to feel special, but that all of it just needs to be surrendered and poured out on you because you alone are worthy. You alone give us purpose. You alone answer the question of what is our why. So thank you. Thank you for this honor, this privilege that you've given me this morning. Lord, and I pray that Pastor and Sister Lori's hearts are encouraged. 
that their journey just continues with you and that every so often, Lord, as they need it, you'll send someone just to stop and refresh them. Just rinse their feet. Just pour out love. Just say thank you. Lord, I know that neither of them do it looking for those things. But you're so good about those things. Thank you for that. Be with my wife, her sister, and their family. Or give me a word for them that's in season. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to, as I take my seat, I just want to thank my daughter, Autumn. The Lord has blessed and we've been able to minister together for years and years and years and hadn't been able to do that in a while. And so it touched my heart to have her come and share that this morning. Thank you, folks. God bless you. Please don't let him wash my feet. Because because I I do what you may do sometimes. I think about me. And you start thinking. smell when's the last time I clipped my toenails I mean when's all these things that begin to go you start you start thinking about we think about us and as James was sharing as he was washing my feet as he was sharing the Lord reminded me again Troy this is not about you this has never been about you I'll use you but I don't have to have you. I want you. And I would say to you this morning, James is right. It's not about you. The purpose God has for you includes you. And it is more significant than you will ever know. But you only enjoy it when you live daily in that realization that it's not about you. Whatever God can do, including washing your feet, to remind you that it's not about you. Whatever he does in your life, it's a good thing. It's a blessing when he reminds us that it's our privilege to be part of his family, to be in him, and for him to live his purpose through us. Don't fight him on it. You can, but don't. Don't fight him. 
Lord, my prayer for each one today is that we would not we would surrender to your purpose and plan for us on a daily basis we would know the why Lord the what really is well it'll change it changes often the why doesn't change and so Lord today I'm praying that you would confirm to each heart here that they would understand the why, your why for them. That you'd make that more and more clear with each passing day. Lord, it's not a big mystery. It's not something you're trying to hide from us. Lord, I've often missed it because I was looking the wrong way and at the wrong things. And so, Lord, today, would you take and do in us what only you can do? And I'm going to challenge you right now, wherever you are in this room, would you be willing to say, Lord Jesus, I want to know your why for my life. And I surrender to your why for my life. I surrender to whatever that what may look like. I surrender to it. And Lord, I believe, I believe by faith that I will find I will find in the why, I will find in my purpose, the joy and the meaning that you intended for life to have. And so Lord, I pray that for each one here, make it more clear than it has ever been before. And to believe, and to believe that purpose involves loving you and loving people. That you don't give us a why that's, that doesn't include those. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I do pray for my brother. I pray for his family. I pray that you would strengthen and empower. You would carry him. You carry them as they live out the why. The what is different this week. It's different all the time, but the why is still the same. So empower him, strengthen him by your spirit as he carries out the why. Lord, we love you. And it seems almost too empty just to say those words. Those words don't seem to be enough. But Lord, from the deepest place of our heart, we love you.